Hello, and welcome to this podcast summary of the meeting of the International Auditing and Assurance Standards Board, the IAASB, held the week of March 17, 2014. I'm James Gunn, and I'm joined by Professor Arnold Childer, Chairman of the IAASB, Dan Montgomery, IAASB Deputy Chair, Linda DeBeer, Chairman of the IAASB Consultative Advisory Group, and Board Members Sajik Gillard and Merrick Grabowski. Welcome, all of you. First, let me turn to you, Arnold, for an overview and assessment of this week's board meeting. Well, thanks, James. Um, yeah, I must say I'm delighted about this week. I think it was a very successful meeting, uh, primarily uh, because we approved two important projects, but also other good progress on the two important projects that we approved. Um, first, um, we approved with 70 votes in favor and one against a re-exposure draft on the standard on other information, ISA 720. And it has proven to be a very complex project, but I'm therefore very pleased that under the leadership of Cindric Schillard, we were able to vote in favor of it. It's a very important topic. It deals with the auditor's responsibilities for information outside of the financial statements. So that information is not audited, but there is a certain responsibility. And users, as you know, attach much importance to that. Um, we have, of course, to be very clear about what is ex expected of the auditor in this respect and what is reasonable, and that is uh, certainly what has taken us a lot of time, but we are there now. I'm very pleased looking forward to the comments. Another project that we approved is uh, an exposure draft on disclosures, um, how the ANISAs uh, have to address the evolving area of disclosures, in particular the so-called qualitative disclosures, we approved that document uh, unanimously, and I'm very grateful to the leadership of Mark Grabowski and his predecessor, Arts Archambault, and you will hear more from Mark. Um, this is also a topic, I think, very much in interest of users, um, as we see more and more of these disclosures, so very pleased with that. Um, we had also good debates and, and well, quite substantial discussions about the auditor reporting project. Dan Montgomery, who is leading that, will talk about it. Um, our info group and integrated reporting. Um, so that's why I thought it was a very stimulating meeting, uh, both uh, because of the range of topics, but also because of the quality of the debates and the views. And, and I noted with really, I would say, professional pleasure how much it was referring to the change in auditor behavior. And I think if our standards can, can stimulate um, changes in auditor behavior that are necessary in the public interest and as a response to calls from many, that would be a great achievement. Um, and you also have to appreciate that we are advised uh, two times a year for two days intensively by our so-called consultative advisory group. I'm very pleased that uh, Linda de Beer, the chair of that group, is with us, as always, and maybe give a bit of a flavor of the input of the CAC into the board. Linda, can I hand over to you, please? Thanks. Thank you, Arnold. Yes, the consultative advisory group, I believe, is an important role player in the process of the board to advise and to give input 
as non-auditors mostly, as stakeholders, um, investor groups, and so on. So it's always very useful to have a CAG meeting the week before, and we certainly had lots of very valuable input that I could bring to the board discussion um, at, the, at this week's meeting. Maybe if I can just flag a, a couple of the projects that you also mentioned. You specifically spoke about other information, ISA 720. That, of course, is a really important project, especially from an investor perspective, because investors need to understand and need to know what the auditor's work effort is around that. So I'm sure the CAC members will be delighted that that exposure draft is going out again. And maybe the one important thing to flag, which really pushing um, what the auditors are doing forward is the specific requirement to report on other information now. Um, the other two projects that I must mention is the project on disclosure, uh, especially again investors, but some of the other regulators and so on around the CAC table felt that this is such an important project and you would know that they have been calling for this for a long time. So the fact that these um, again, some guidance and some leadership that's put out for auditors in that regard is, is really significant. And um, you mentioned when we issued um, the exposure draft this morning that this is adding something to the suite of documents, which is um, quite significant. And then, of course, the auditor reporting project of such significance, not just to the CAC, but to the world out there. Ultimately, that is the one product of the audit that everybody can see. And the CAC has had very strong views on what the board should be doing. And I'm very comfortable to say that the board really listened to very many of those comments and you can see how those views are being mixed into what hopefully ultimately would go out in September. So overall, a very good meeting and certainly um, a strong public interest moving, um, public interest forward and flavor to this meeting. Thank you, Arnold, and thank you, Linda, for sharing highlights of the <clears throat> meeting of the week and, of course, your valuable perspectives. Now, let me turn to you, Cedric, for a few words on the, the re-exposure draft of ISA 720. Thank you very much, James. Well, you can imagine I'm very glad for the, uh, the approval of uh, ISA 720. I think uh, the board has been uh, very responsive to the comment received. I mean, Commentators supported the broad direction shown in the original ID, but found that the articulation of the proposals were, could be somewhat unclear and difficult to operationalize. I think in response, the board had recast the work effort and uh, to clarify the expectation uh, from auditors with respect to the other information. Uh, overall, the, the approved um, uh, ED uh, raises the bar, that's clear. In three areas, the requirements to perform limited procedures to evaluate the consistency of the other information with the financial statements, uh, which is supported by a list of uh, examples of procedures that the auditor may choose to perform. What we had called the intelligent read, so the fact of reading in light of your knowledge of the entity gained during the audit. So that's where um, the knowledge that the auditor has of the, of the entity can be best used uh, to serve the, the, the users in their uh, reading of the other information. And finally, as Linda mentioned very, very clearly, by providing a reporting on the other information. Because that, that will also 
lead to a great transparency and that will definitely contribute to the raising of the bar. Thank you, Cedric, and congratulations. The re-exposure draft of ISA 720 uh, will be released before the end of April and exposed for a period of 90 days. Uh, now, if I can turn to you, Merrick, um, a few words to our listeners of an overview on the new exposure draft on auditing disclosures. Thanks, James. And um, Linda and Arnold have already um, alluded to the importance of this project to, um, to users, uh, not just investors, but regulatory uh, users too. Uh, and high-quality disclosures in uh, financial statements have become increasingly important because um, they're needed now to help users understand the judgments made in preparing the financial statements, the complex measurement models, uh, and uh, the risks and other characteristics of companies that, um, that, that are now covered. Um, many stakeholders uh, believe improvements are needed, not just in auditing, but across the uh, financial reporting process. Um, and um, this project is very much a part of that. Um, I don't think um, you know, those concerns can be fully addressed simply by um, a change in the auditing standards, but I do think... Um, as Arnold said, auditor behaviours can contribute, better auditor behaviours can contribute to that. Uh, so this project, I think, should, should help auditors to um, play a more important role, a more effective role, and through that help others uh, in the process to, to do better. Um, the project started uh, with the discussion paper that uh, the IAASB issued in 2011, and the uh, project was started in 2012. I've had the privilege of being involved in that um, throughout that process, and it's been uh, an interesting uh, one to see develop, um, very much based on uh, listening to uh, what stakeholders uh, believe is important. Um, so what are the key um, changes that, uh, that the project will uh, deliver? Um, the IAASB's view is that um, uh, largely... Um, the requirements that we have in our ISAs are uh, robust enough to deal with uh, disclosures. But what's needed in order to change behaviour is um, more focus uh, in um, uh, the way auditors go about their work uh, in meeting those requirements. So many of the changes, um, most of the changes that uh, proposed are in fact in the application material. Um, they're designed to help auditors focus uh, earlier in the audit uh, on uh, disclosures to uh, con con consider those much more as part of their uh, risk assessment process, um, uh, to plan sufficient time to address them, uh, and help others, as I say, to focus on those matters too, preparers in particular. Um, so in addition um, to the exposure draft, um, the expectation is that uh, there will be a staff um, publication uh, at uh, the same time, uh, which will help to demonstrate uh, how those uh, additional, um, how those additional uh, application uh, material paragraphs uh, should come together with the existing requirements and application material uh, to demonstrate how auditors can do a better better job. Thank you, Merrick, and congratulations, of course, on, on approval of, of that document. The exposure draft uh, 
for auditing uh, disclosures will be released uh, by the end of April or shortly thereafter with a 120-day exposure period. Now, uh, Dan, as Arnold and Linda quite rightly mentioned, there is uh, much interest in, in the activities and the status of the work on auditor reporting. Could you give uh, our listeners a brief update on the discussions of the board this week and next steps? Yes, certainly. Thank you very much, James. Uh, well, this meeting marked the start of the board's consideration of the nearly 140 responses that were received uh, on the July 2013 exposure draft on auditor reporting. Uh, we were pleased to see the, the ongoing global interest and perhaps more importantly, support for moving forward with our proposed enhancements to the auditor's report. Indeed, uh, doing so is, is even more important in view of some important global developments, uh, such as the uh, changes to the auditing standards uh, in the UK that have already come into effect uh, with improved auditor reports already available and of much interest. We also note the European audit reforms are likely to soon be finalized, and uh, they include uh, some provisions for uh, enhancements to the auditor's report as well. All of this proves that change can and will happen, and so at this meeting, the, the board confirmed its commitment to finalizing the new and revised auditor reporting standards in 2014, uh, likely then making them effective for uh, calendar 2016 uh, year-end audits. Uh, during the meeting this week, we heard strong support for our concept of key audit matters with recognition that this would indeed be a significant change in practice. Uh, the board is therefore focused on refining the requirements to determine and communicate key audit matters, not only to more clearly articulate the decision framework for auditors, but also to take steps to ensure that aud auditors uh, are identifying matters and, uh, and the way they are described in the auditor's report in a way that results in a meaningful communication to investors. Uh, the board is also starting to explore how best to respond to concerns that auditor reporting ongoing concern needs to be considered in tandem with activities of accounting standard setters. Uh, our liaison with the IASB has been important in this regard, uh, but there is more work to be done in this area. Uh, the board this week also discussed a number of other topics, including uh, the disclosure of the name of the engagement partner in the auditor's report and requiring an explicit statement about independence and other ethical requirements. So overall, uh, I was uh, certainly pleased with the board's discussions this week and ongoing dis uh, discussions to this point on auditor reporting. Uh, and the eagerness to, uh, to move forward uh, on a priority basis. So our plans are to bring back revised drafts of the standards for the board's consideration at its June meeting. Thank you, Dan. One other item that we talked about during the board meeting this week, of course, was the activities of the working group uh, known as the Innovation Needs Future Opportunities Working Group. Again, uh, an, another project led by Dan uh, with other members of the board involved. Uh, at this, this week's session, we had an overview of the plans uh, of that working group. Um, but importantly, as a key area of focus of that group, we heard from 
uh, board, Marin, uh, board member Marin Kelsall, who provided the board with uh, insights of developments, background, and future outlooks with respect to integrated reporting. Of course, a matter that uh, the board sees as a potential area for further development from an assurance standards point of view, and which will uh, is included as part of our considerations in our proposed future strategy and work program. Uh, with that, uh, Dan, thank you, and thank you all of you. IWSB's next meeting will be held the week of June 16th in New York. At that meeting, amongst other matters, the board will continue discussion on auditor reporting, as well as discussion of the feedback received on the board's consultation paper on its future strategy 2015 to 2019 and related work program. This concludes the podcast summary of IWSB's March 2014 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board's discussions are also available on the IWSB website. Thank you for listening.